Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the debonair, Will Kern of Endless Events. That man over there is the fantastic Brand Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. Fairly ordinary adjectives this week. Yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing too Wait, crazy. <laughs> Dubier? Debonair. You know, you're De- debonair. De- like debonair. Suave. Like, like no, I never. I actually, I thought you were being sarcastic there for a second. No, debonair. debonair. Like, I, like I, a debonant, kind of like a. Kind of surprised you don't know that one. Maybe yeah, that's. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a, a, a me thing. I don't know. I feel like that was in cartoons when I was a kid growing up. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Suave and debonair. It's like something Suave. Bugs Bunny would say uh, if they're going to a ball. Because <laughs> people went to balls. Because people then. went to balls you know, back then. Back in the day, it's, I think the last time the word "ball" ever got used was the Harry Potter like uh, ball, right. like <laughs> winter right. ball that they go to. You know? <laughs> it's 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 almost as if it was like a like reality only only heightened. Like it's you know it's it's oh. like it's something that's real and yet it unreal. Like, like it was augmented oh. reality. Was that was that that was not the smoothest transition I've ever done, but. <laughs> It wasn't awful. It wasn't terrible. To I talk, tried to, it's like, for, where can for, I go from Harry Potter? Where can I go from Harry Potter, Potter to, to augmented reality for events or AR for events? I like it. I thought that was pretty good. All right. Yeah, okay. All right. So so guess what we're talking about today, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen? Harry Potter. We, you know, this, so this came up when we were doing our, our, our kind of lightning round, hot or not stuff. Uh, we started talking about AR glasses. And there's been a few things in the news since we actually recorded that. And so mm-hmm. we thought maybe it was a good chance to expand a little bit on our thoughts about augmented reality. So I kind of feel like augmented reality for the last 10 years, we've been going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? yet? Like, at least I felt like the kid in the back of the, you know, back of the Jeep being like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Not far now. And I'm the excited one who's like sees the sign for Disneyland to now, and I'm like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You know? <laughs> Not noticing that it says Disneyland, you know, 467 miles, <laughs> 460 yeah, miles away, <laughs> and we still got like, yeah, like you're like, no, well, we just crossed the California border. That was yeah. just like an ad billboard for Cal for Disneyland. Almost there, <laughs> Wall Drug. It's right around the corner. Do you um, even know but- the wall? Do you know the Wall Drug thing? No, no, no. What's the Wall Drug thing? So Wall Drug is it's like a really big, uh, you know, it's supposedly a drugstore. It's in Wall, South Dakota. And so it's in the Black Hills. And but it's basically a giant, you know, tourist, you know, wooden building slab thing that you get want you to stop by and buy tchotchkes and stuff like that. Uh But the signs start literally like halfway across the country. On on uh, I ninety, so I so you you're like I think it's shortly out of New York. Like you can get on I ninety, and there's signs for <laughs> Waldrog. Like it's like Waldrog, you're almost there in seventeen hours, and then they just continue all the way. So sorry, that was it, a little bit of a diversion. Is it worth going to? Is it worth going to? I I say no. Okay, so no. So but it depends on what you're into. Like some people really like the like you know kind of old westy tchotchke shop type okay. thing, and that's if that's what you're into, then go for it. And there's okay. free water. They have free water. So well, that's how important can you pass when you've been driving for 22 hours out of New York. Right. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> I was just, for some reason, I was just really curious if you'd ever heard of Wall, South Dakota. And if you've heard of Wall, South Dakota and Wall Drug, let us know at eventtechpodcast at helloandless.com <laughs> and whether or not you thought it was worth it. Um, <laughs> but but I'm going to really, so, reality. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so tell us, you brought up one first, and then I will, I'll bring it around to the one, the news article yeah. that I read. 
I don't know if I talked about it in the like the 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 hot or not episode that we did, but you know I think what, like you know we've been talking about like looking through for phones and looking through our screens for augmented reality for a long period of time. I think that's how everyone's pretty much experienced augmented reality. But I think the exciting part for a lot of people is like is the like minority report level of augmented reality. Like put on a set of glasses, or you know how you know the next level might be like contact lenses in the future, or maybe the next level will be like a neuro link of some sort of kind. But the idea of like not having to hold your phone because to be honest like if you're holding your phone to go through augmented reality you're like it's why not just look at it on your phone you know like use the pie example for example like part of me as like a skeptical would say like well why don't you just look at a picture of a pie you know it's cool that it's on your desk but you know why not like just look at it in, in the case for me like i think about the cases for conferences things like signage and you know scheduling and notifications of how you know people are buzzing and it's like okay if you literally are picking up your phone no matter what why does it matter that like you know, 60% of the screen is a camera throughput, but that's part of the skeptical in me for true adoption for this to be like a next level technology. But the exciting news for me was a couple of weeks ago, Google did their big IO conference and we've done a whole episode, I think one time where we just dived into like Google IO and everything like that. And, you know, I think that, um, this is like my chance to share the one thing I loved from it, which was that at the end, um, they, they, they showed a video off, uh, showing off these augmented reality glasses that do Google Translate. Um, and Google's been doing really focusing on Translate for a long period of time, first with the Google Translate tool, then, you know, they came out the home. And I think we talked about it as an episode about how they were setting up homes and hotels where like people could do two way conversations back and forth. They had their earbuds that could do translation um, verbally as well. And, you know, I thought it was really, really cool. Well, these glasses, what they're planning on doing is doing like a Google Glass level translation where not only I think is it doing a verbal translation, but it's also showing the text on your glasses to show you what the other person saying. And I thought this was really, really cool because right now Endless has been so busy doing so many global events that a lot of our clients have been dumping money into translation and captioning and the ability to reach so many people from across the world. You know, imagine if instead everybody had this already, like how event professionals would save so much money when it comes to a, to translation. I was like, you know what? I think this, if Google can make a glass that shows text at the bottom, I think we're like, almost we're, we're a big leap step forward in AR. I'm imagining like chat messages popping up, those sort of thing, emo emoji reactions from the virtual audience to the in-person audience. I think those sort of things got me really, really excited AR saying like, if we can get a glasses out, you know, and it, it works and it's, you know, accessible and people are using it. I think we're short two, three, maybe years away from this being mainstream potentially. Yeah, Google is great at showing us the potential of these devices. I mean, even going back to Google Glass, um, where it was a little janky, it was a little weird, they looked a little funny, but you could really see the potential. You could see how you might be able to use these things. Uh, I always go back to at, uh, it was at one of my early IMEXs, um, I stopped by uh, a booth and they were showing how you could use the uh, you could use Google Glass in order to see like comments coming in from the audience. So if you're a presenter, so cool. you're up there and you're like, and so you just you just look down in your glasses. You could swipe on the side and say like, go to the next question, and you would see you know Cindy from Omaha is asking uh, this that and the other thing, and so you'd be able to just do that seamlessly from your glasses, and so that was like one so of the cool. first real event related, um, uh, you know uses that I could see for the for the augmented reality, but it sparked 
my mindset in a way. And I started looking around saying like, what are the other things? And so um, immediately my brain started going to things like wayfinding. So, you know, Google Maps mm. was right on the way up, you know, at that same time of being able to, you know, just get around town. And now like we can't live without our, you know, maps on our phones <laughs> and stuff like that. That's and true. so to, to be able to use that same technology and apply it to like a trade show floor. Mm. So you're currently at booth 972. You've got a hosted buyer appointment in booth 101. What's the fastest way to get from here to there? Um, and maybe even avoid like traffic because there's a buildup around the Scottish booth because they're doing scotch tasting. Um, and, you know, so you might want to avoid that. Or maybe you want to hit the scotch tasting on your way. You know, so, you know, there's, there's lots of things that I think we can see where this technology could apply for events. And so what you've just talked about is another opportunity where we can actually see it potentially in use. So being the simultaneous translation thing, having it built into your glasses or having that as an option, even just to, you know, you could rent or hand out as necessary, uh, being able to have that as, uh, as opposed to uh, you know, a headset where you're listening to a separate audio feed, a separate audio channel, just being able to hear the natural language of what's being said on stage and being able to see that uh, live translated really has a heck, a lot, a lot of potential. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I think the wayfinding thing is also really huge too. Like, I mean, some of these, you know, like for, I think 75%, 80% of our audience are probably like, well, what, why is wayfinding important for my event? My events, like, you know, maybe a couple breakout rooms and stuff, but like sometimes when we talk about these really massive events, like CES, for example, there's so much navigation that you have to go around. Like I'm heading over to EDC, for example, this weekend, I've never been to this event and I have no idea where in the stages are. I've seen it live streamed a million times. I, you know, I know some of the names of stages, but like, it's going to take me probably an hour or two to get acclimated to where I am. But imagine instead, like we could just jumpstart that to make it easier for people to find things. Um, you know, I think it'd be really, really exciting, especially because most of us are building scale accurate, uh, you know, locations and, and, and sorry, I'm just like brainstorming about how this could work too. It's like, you know, you don't even necessarily have to have like a map or anything like that. We could use technology kind of like uh, uh, Apple's uh, Find My, right? Where like you lose your AirPods and you like are like I'm getting closer Air Tags, right? And you're getting closer, you're getting closer, you're getting closer, and it like it knows based on you know blue 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 uh, Bluetooth low energy and things like that. I think that's really really exciting for for the future and could be implemented very very easily. And you know, by the way, if any technology companies are listening right now and you just got the idea to do Air Tags for the events industry and you're going to do that, I want my commission check, please. Thank you. <laughs> It's in the mail. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure they've, they've already sent it. Thank you so much for the, for the idea, Will. The Event Tech Podcast, where we tell the events industry, the event tech industry what they need to make. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree completely. Wayfinding is huge. I think um, even just simple stuff, you know, you think about venues and the ability to navigate a venue, you know, where you're having to go down by the beach because that's where the party is, you know, okay, go down through past the tennis courts, you know, all that kind of stuff in order to get there. But then also having the ability to pop up things that aren't there, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, lookout spots or interesting notes about the location or, you know, this is the spot where they filmed that movie rather than having that be a physical marker that has to be yes. there, that can be something that if you're into that kind of thing, you can you can enable. Um, and if you're not, you can ignore or, or turn off and you know and not have it be there. So there's lots of potential for wayfinding, for, for sightseeing, for fun facts, for trivia, for um, 
uh, like scavenger hunts, you know, digital scavenger hunts where the, you can quote unquote hide, you know, uh, an object <laughs> that doesn't actually exist because it doesn't actually exist, but you can find it using AR and a combination mm -hmm. of AR and GPS or AR and it's like geocaching. You know, heard yeah, exactly. Geo, you know, digital geocaching um, that could all be branded. Uh, with sponsor materials, so you need to go find the you know the the expo sponsor uh, logo that's hidden in the bushes, behind, you know behind the, <laughs> behind the thing, you know without actually having to do that physically. So there's there's so much fun uh, possibilities with that, but that that translation thing that Google showed off has to be one of the coolest versions of that technology. Now that being said, Google is definitely one of those companies you gotta. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, when, you yeah, know, yeah. When they it's, they're, 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 when they it's out there. They a lot of paperware for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you bring up the idea of digital signage, um, and I want to come back to that. But real quick, a reference to like how cool this could look is: um, uh, Did you see the movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds when mm -hmm. he's like basically in like the he's like in uh, not Fallout? What's the name of the game? Uh, oh my gosh, this starts with an F that I'm totally forgetting. Uh, like Fortnite? Fortnite, thank you. Yeah. Totally blanking on the word in the game. Um, but it, it, I, you know, he puts the glasses on and all of a sudden he sees this whole world of like, go here and look at all this stuff going on and stuff like that. I think about that could be a really, really exciting future. Um, but then we also have like the, the talk about another media reference, like Ready Player One, like, we can stuff 90% of the field of view without right. causing seizures with right. advertisers, you know, so I don't, hopefully we don't get to that world, but you know, going back to signage, right? Like this industry is talking so much about sustainability, love to talk about it, but no one likes to implement it, right? Like everyone's like sustainability, sustainability, but then they spend hundreds of thousand dollars on signage that all get thrown away. Right. And I, and there's tips for like, don't put the year reuse signage that you can put Velcro on and things like that. But like detachable arrows, yeah, detachable arrows that can spin because to, they might be to the right one year and the left to the next year. Yep. Right. But, but imagine we could just get rid of printed signage altogether. And uh, you know, as much as I'm an AV guy and I'm like, I love digital signage with screens. They also take up a lot of electricity. Imagine though getting rid of that then the next level and everyone just shows up with their glasses, how much little setup there would be need that you can literally take a blank venue and, you know, put signage up and, uh, you know, explainers and all these things like that. Like, that's really exciting, I think, for me from a sustainability standpoint, because you can a digital asset is so much more efficient for you to make than ever a printed physical asset or a digital asset print on a screen um, on there too. I'll do you one more. So on, on that same note, um, two years ago, if I remember right, when I was ju doing judging work for the Eventex uh, Awards, there was a, a, an international conference and as part of the registration, you know, you said what your native language was. And so then they actually did some localization and Bluetooth uh, stuff so that as you then left registration, a sign would pop up in your native language saying, oh. welcome to the conference. Um, oh, wow. And so, so that level of personalization. So now take what you just said and combine it with that technology because it's coming to my phone yeah. or my headset. Um, it, you know, it knows that I'm logged in. I've got my language preferences set. It's going to then put that virtual sign, that that augmented reality sign, in my own native language, um, as opposed to so. Once again, you're not having to print up multiple versions of signs. And if you've got international visitors, you, they're, they're just going to be seeing that signage in their native language. You know, like we might need to do a whole episode on globalization for events, and like there's so many technologies we talk about, like 
that that localization of text, the ability for platforms to everything translate, Google Translate, using AI to translate things. Like uh, I was posting in the, the, our Slack channel talking about like a, a deep, uh, it's like almost like a deep fake technology that covers up, makes the mouth match the translation of the dub too. Oh, wow. um, there's like so much stuff I think coming that we probably just need to do a whole episode probably all about like localization and globalization of events. Because like, I feel like we're getting to this point where like, you can show up at an event. I could show up at an event in China and be the only English speaking person there and, and, and be fine. You know, like that technology might exist in the next like five to 10 years or so. It's getting closer and closer to, to lots of different to the sci-fi references. So like the sci-fi, you know, the Star Trek universal translator where miraculously <laughs> oh, yeah, everyone yeah, speaks yeah. English, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's, it's because it's reading their thought patterns and you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's yeah, there's commonalities between languages um, or the babblefish from, uh, from Hitchhiker's mm -hmm. Guide where you just stick a little fish in and everybody can, can, can is instantly translate it. We're getting closer and closer to that, even with the apps and uh, technologies that we have now with conversation modes in some of the phone translation apps where you could just have it running and it'll simultaneously translate between, you know, your conversation between two languages. I had to, I had to call Germany the other day for a hotel reservation and I know enough German to be dangerous, but not enough to, you know, <laughs> to go, go, too, deep into, yeah, go too deep into the conversation. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just had my app there ready and had a couple of phrases kind of ready just to make sure I could get through the first initial hoops of making sure that I was going to wind up with an English speaking hotel agent. Which, of course, you know, 99% of them do, but, you know, just I just wanted to be prepared. And so just being able to type in, you know, you know, are you able to help me in English and those kinds of things. And other than I think I messed up like the the the, the informal do versus the formal Z, um, I think it actually worked out pretty well. But, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it's so it is really thrilling every now and then we get. I think a little jaded sometimes about the technology that we've got. And mm -hmm. it's nice every now and then to take a step back and go, we're so close to like living in the future yeah. <laughs> that, that uh, you know, that was promised to us when we were, you know, watching sci-fi as kids, that it's, uh, it's kind of fun to be amazing, true, amazed by all of that. Well, I got another thing for AR and its implementation. Um, and I think a good implementation for AR also is in hybrid events, right? Like hybrids, like the now, it's what everyone's talking about. But I think one of the biggest challenges with hybrid right now is beyond people figuring out cost and the time energy it takes but like how do you truly connect a virtual and in-person audience you know and and I, i've been talking a lot about like current technologies that could be implemented but like ar would huge be a huge leap step forward so like you know i imagine when i think about these technologies when it comes to ar when it comes to hybrid events is you know you talked about the comments coming in from a presenter like one of the biggest issues right now as a presenter is that you either have to have a downstage monitor where the comments are coming in or i have to hold my phone or an ipad in my arm both of which one takes my eye contact away and is a little distracting the other one it does the most awkward thing ever i remember first couple hybrid events walking on stage with a phone and or an ipad and people are like and I was like, yep, this is the day and age where it's okay for you as a speaker to be on your phone while you're presenting. Um, but I think that would be so cool for you to see those comments come in. But then I'm also thinking about the flip side where the audience can also then see those while also still participating. Like I'm imagining, you know, chat comments flying up, but also like the emoji bubbles, when, you know, clapping emojis when you see them like floating up from the audience. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about those kind of connections that very subtly remind you that like in the air is a virtual audience. And the AR would allow there to be um, that visualization of that 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 team, and I think sometimes it's just a visual reminder that there's another audience who isn't physically there is enough to remind you to participate with them, and might even see encouragement of networking virtually and in person. 
Yeah, there's there's people that are experimenting with having the virtual audience, you know, basically having a 3D rendered version of the actual venue and having the virtual audience as they're walking around, those could be rendered Ooh. to, you know, to the people in the room through augmented reality. I think it starts to get weird where people are, you know, taking up the same physical space where one person's virtual and <laughs> Brand, one person's... Brand sits right. down on top of Will. <laughs> yeah, and they've already had problems with that in the in the VR space of, of just, you know, people, people need their bubbles. They need their space. Yeah. And people, then other people are, you know, inappropriate. And so, you know, being able to figure some of that out, and some of that will be... We will figure it out. Like, you know, once we establish the norms of what's available and what's possible. Um, the other thing that I, you know, uh, again, just thinking about how can we apply this technology to events is the site visit. You know, we've talked a lot over these last couple of years about doing virtual site visits. But there comes a point, you know, when, okay, I've narrowed it down to my top two or three. I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And so you go there. And so in addition to getting the, the physical tour, wouldn't it be great to be able to walk into that ballroom and, you know, with a, a blink of your eye, literally, say, here's what it looks like set up in, ball, in, in, in theater style. Here's what mm -hmm. it looks like set up in rounds. Here's what it looks like. Or to drop your actual design into yeah. that ballroom, you know, say, we know we're going to need 150 rounds. We're going to have a stage. You know, all of that kind of stuff has already been 3D, you know, designed in 3D. Drop that into your ballroom while you're at the site visit. And then you go and you start walking through it and go, ah, oh, boy, you know what? These tables are a lot tighter than I thought they were going to be. You know, I think we might need to, you know, make it seven feet between tables in, instead of six or something along those lines. Or, mm -hmm. oh, boy, that's really a lot closer to that wall than it looks like in the 2D diagram. And I'm sure you've seen that all the yeah. time where yeah, it looks like one thing on paper. And then as soon as you get there in the real, in, you know, and set it up for 100%. real, then, it, you know, then it's totally different feel. And so being able to not have to go through the labor of setting it all up before you hit that point where you go, oh, geez, this isn't going to work, um, you know, is, is going to be a huge time saver. It's going to be a huge selling tool for the venues mm -hmm. to be able to help you, literally help you visualize what your event is going to look like uh, in that ballroom as you walk through. Um, and then for me, you know, being a V nerd, I want to know, okay, where are all the drops? You know, where are the power drops? Yeah. And so being able to have that overlay on my, on my, on my, as I'm looking through my glasses at the ballroom, where are all the rigging points? Okay, boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay, those aren't rigging points. Those are fire sprinkler heads, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And being able to overlay that information is where I think a lot of the real power of AR, everybody gets so strung up on VR, mm -hmm. but there's so much power in this layering over reality that mm -hmm. I think it's really going to blow people's minds when it starts to come into effect. Well, you talked a little bit about AV and I was thinking too, like the rendering, like imagine like how much, how many times when we've done big general sessions where we have to do delay screens because someone's so far back, they can't see the screen. But imagine like as AR, you could bring up like a, a, the, the slides up at the top, right? So then that way you don't have to do these big screens. Do you even need screens if everyone has glasses, right? Do you even need screens right at that point? Like, again, like this all just totally like changes the paradigm of what's going to happen within uh, uh within events um quick uh maybe detour and at some point too i want to definitely talk about maybe like rendering of people and communication in, in ar but um i was thinking about it now like imagine the venues like the hiltons and the marriott's for example come in and say oh our venue is google glass enabled or apple you know vision enabled on there and we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about what's going on with apple a little bit later um on here but i think that like imagine you know having that sticker outside so you know your glasses are compatible with it you know it, i think it will also be a question of like are we gonna see an open standard of this too 
I guess there's because there's open XR, I think is the big like open technology on it. But either way, but it would be real. I'm thinking about like the compatibility of it too. Like, you know, when it comes to it, like, is are we gonna have another CarPlay Android Auto situation or another, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Siri versus Alexa kind of situation? You know, oh, whoops, I said the words. So I probably knocked off. Shlomo, <laughs> Shlomo, <laughs> Shlomo, and Madame, Madame. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about that like sort of thing. Like it's because you're interfacing with it. But man, well, talk about a selling point. If like yeah. Marriott like enabled this, and then like all of a sudden everybody who had it was like, oh, I want to go there. Like brand loyalty, a hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And so, you, yeah, you mentioned Apple. Uh, and and uh, so where I was going to drop that in is just this week as we record this, um, you know, I've been teasing for a while now that the, 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 the drumbeat's been pretty heavy, that Apple's coming out with something mm -hmm. and they've been baking it in. And when we talked about uh, VR and AR um, in, in the lightning round, um, you know, this, they've, they've been slowly getting behind the USDZ, um, US, UX, I'm blanking on, the, on top of my head now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the 3D object format, uh, they've been baking that into everything, into the phones, into preview. Um, there's rumors that those are going to be baked into things like Final Cut and Apple Motion, mm. um, the, all the apps there. But most importantly, the new chips, the M1 chips are, you know, really low wattage power, but high throughput. They're able to do a lot of calculations with very low uh, wattage power. And so that's exactly the kind of thing that you're going to need in one of these headsets. And so after all of this drumbeat and speculation, and there was a leaked, you know, Vision OS reference, um, apparently they have started to actually show they've got prototype headsets, they've started to show them to the board uh, and executives uh, there at Apple that just leaked this week. So um, they exist. Uh, there's lots of speculation mm. that they're going to be $1,000 plus devices. Um, but I think uh, I wouldn't say Apple's just going to throw something out and see if it sticks to the wall. They're going to put everything that they've got behind this uh, to try and make it a thing. And so I think it could be closer than we thought maybe well, going into this week. You know what this I think this is an exciting moment is it reminds me of the iPhone kind of moment, right? Like there was rumors there was going to be a video iPod. There was rumors that it was they're making a phone. There was rumors they're making a web tablet, you know, and then they came out and blew everybody's minds. Um, and obviously there's more information available than ever than before. We somehow got this rumor, you know, on it. And I'm sure we'll you know link to it or you can Google like board directors vision uh, reveal or whatever it is. But like, man, I would have loved to have been in that meeting because yeah, they're probably going to do an iPhone kind of level moment where everyone's like, hey, it's coming soon. Some people have tried it. It hasn't really worked, but they're going to come out and like, boom, here you go. And everyone's going to want it. And I honestly, I think a thousand bucks doesn't sound unreasonable too, because like, I think about it, like you spend a thousand bucks on your iPad, a thousand bucks on your phone, you know, and if this is going to be one of those devices, because I'm going to guess because like iMessage is as across the web and, you know, calling, you know, I can take calls on my laptop too. I imagine this could be the device that like you have your watch, you have your phone and you have your, your headset and it can take calls. Like I think they could drop this where it's doing phone calls and email, you know, text and things like that very, very easily. And it will sell for a thousand bucks because it, people want the bleeding edge of what's possible, just like the iPhone, like. So. Yeah, absolutely. I just I just thought of another one, a teleprompter, right? Being able oh, to do yeah. a teleprompter, yeah, and just being able to look straight ahead into the camera and still have that display maybe being overlaid or um, even ghosted over, you know, so that you can see through it to a certain extent. That would be really mm. that would be fantastic. Being able oh to do gosh. that kind of thing. 
Well, I wanted to, uh, if it's okay, like, I, I think this is what, like, I was like, dang, we, like, that. that's that's one of the mic drop moment, I think, for this whole episode. is like, it's coming soon. Look what's going right. to be happening, like, things like that. But I did want to bring it back to, like, communication, too, because, I, you know, we talked about, we've done holograms, I think, on this podcast and things like that. But, like, I think there's also this huge potential, too, for, like, communication at events for that virtual audience, too. Like, you were talking about the rendering of people and seats and things like that. But I think sometimes even just as simple as, like, bringing up an avatar in front of you and talking to them could be really, really huge too um, when it comes to, to the communication side of uh, events as well. Yeah, virtual help desk. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, when I was at IMAX two years ago, they were showing off same kind of personalization technology where when you showed up, depending on how you'd answered questions at registration, it showed different things on the screen depending on who you are. So being able to customize it that way. So, yeah, you walk up, uh, you know, and it's it recognizes who you are and what sessions you've registered for. Um, or you wouldn't even need to walk up anywhere. You could just bring up. The digital guide. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to walk up to a, a, a booth. You just, you know, it's the uh, the, the ghost version of, yeah, of Shlomo yeah. uh, <laughs> appears and uh, and asks you, how can they help you? You know, and, and I was thinking about this too. You know, let's talk about like maybe would be, t this is maybe 10, 15 years out, maybe or so. And I always say that and it's probably going to be like seven um, on here. But, you know, I was thinking about too, like networking, how augmented reality cha totally changes networking too. You know, um, we talk about facial recognition. You know, if we get to the point where societally that the data is secure enough and maybe it's face ID, universal recognition that can be poured out through an API, like imagine like I could look at Brandt and instead of having a badge that says Brandt, it says Brandt and all his information pops up and shows compatibility score or whatever the heck it is on there too. Like, you know, I think that that's really where some potential feature is. And again, because I, I love talking about sustainability also gets rid of printed badges as well. So imagine like instead, like you don't have a badge, it's you register for the event and your badge is your face that it automatically recognizes. Or maybe it's Bluetooth low energy that it passes so you don't have to do facial recognition or something on there. But like, man, that'd be so cool if like I knew that like, oh, Brent, he's a speaker. I know like what his interests are. And you can fit way more information than on a badge, which is like name, company, and that's it. You know, there's there you could literally have profiles when people pop up. Yeah, it's and and that kind of stuff is going to take a while. Not because of the technology, but because of just figuring out the societal norms. I mean, mm -hmm. just remember how much people flipped out about Google Glass. You know, literally like <laughs> ripping off people's faces and punching them in the face because they were worried they were being, you know, filmed there was a camera surreptitiously. On yeah, exactly. And so there's going to be some figuring out with that. I think we're more open to the cameras and understanding that we need a light saying when you're recording and those kinds of things. I'm I'm betting there will not be a camera on this yeah, on the Apple thing. Not. That it's they're just not going to go down that road. Um, rather than take a risk that that would happen again. So um, I the, do want to the camera idea though too yeah oh there's okay. tons you can do with that no no question about it and some of the most gripping amazing moments that came from google glass were uh you know people filming things from a first person perspective of like swinging their kid around or yeah. you know one tech reporter that i know like actually got his kids first steps you know from his vantage point so you can like oh, see wow. his arms being like come to daddy come to daddy and, like the kid taking their first steps yeah. you know from from first person view amazing things you can do with it i think I just suspect they're not going to want to go down that yeah, road. No. But to your point about the, the you know, kind of the overlays of who people are and their names and stuff like that, same kind of thing where the technology will absolutely be there to do it. How much? How many of us are going to opt in on it? How many people are mm -hmm. going to get creeped out about that? 
I really want to be able to, you know, be reminded. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with names. And so mm -hmm. I tend to remember faces. You know, I really hope I live to the age where I get to be able to be reminded, oh, that's Will. You used to do a podcast with him. If we get to that point where you, you forget did, me, then I, 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 we, you we both need to get some, uh, right. some medication. Don't, don't you remember you did a podcast with him for like a decade? You know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, but especially conferences, you know, you know, this, you know, going to IMAX here in, in, in a couple of weeks, um, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people there that I will have met yeah. that I won't once or twice entirely or remember years. whether or not I met them before. Um, I've got a great story about that, by the way, that I have to tell you after the podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Offline. it's a good, it's a, it's a good one. It's a, it's, it's about exactly that. Um, but it involves people we know who I don't know if we want to talk about that publicly. Uh, so, so you know, I, I can't wait for that to happen, but I know we're going to have to figure it out as a society. Like, you know, how much of that information is public? Mm -hmm. How much of that is opt-in? You know, where do we draw the lines of what's public and what's opt-in? And like you said, the networking and stuff. But I can't wait. I can't wait. Totally I really hope that they – I hope we figure it out soon so that I can partake. Well, it wouldn't be uh, anything augmented VR related unless you said the word metaverse, but that's really where I think a metaverse comes in too, is like if we had our social graph available too, like you would know that you've met that person before and not necessarily at that event because we know the all like event apps are always going to be so disconnected for each other. But if it was tied to your LinkedIn or it's probably not going to be LinkedIn, it's going to be some open decentralized social network probably at that point. But like imagine like you knew that you met that person at that other conference and it reminded you of it. Like there's some huge potential on there. You know, you, you, you mentioned the idea of you know reminding people to, to to how they connected with each other as well i think that you know that open graph idea is just like really really powerful and what what you could do with it um Oh, man, like my, I just got my mind racing so much in terms of like ideas of how you could implement this. So one last idea that I wanted to, to, to share too, that I th and I think I might have thought of every, or at least like what my brain can handle in terms of what AR would be implemented. But another implementation of AR VR right now is like the pass through cameras of the VR headsets. Like Facebook's like, oh, we'll like lay in your office and we'll put a keyboard down and we'll put your like you you don't have to buy a 49 inch ultra wide monitor. You can just literally render one in front of you. Like there's also this I think this potential too that like we always talk about like disconnection from a remote work to work and the, the events and things like that but i think one of the things we think about is like imagine you could like oh you get an email in and you have to do some work you don't have to pull out a device you don't have to pull out your phone you don't have to like move your face away you can interact and do that sort of stuff while still being here. And that's why I think that transparent ability to still be here and be aware of your surroundings is going to be really, really powerful. And, you know, render out a quick keyboard and on the air, start typing away or whatever it is, or, you know, you can whisper to it and be like, send that Slack message to Gina that, yes, I got your message. Bye. You know, and, and just going back <laughs> into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of the other things that we'll have to figure out as a society, just like we have with phones, is where's that line between where it's rude uh, you know, what you're doing, because you're probably going to have to, you know, you'll get a slightly glazed look on your face as you look at whatever it is that's being presented in your glasses. And it's like, is that dude reading an email right now while we're having a conversation or what? So, you know, we'll have to figure that out as well. I think it's like a black lines. beer episode too, right there where he's like, right. yeah, he's like, are you, are you talking to me? Or are you talking to someone? I was like, oh no, I'm in a different reality right now. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So this, you know, the technology is moving fast. Uh, you know, we'll, I have faith we'll figure it out, you know, yeah, with this, you know, the amount of time that's passed and, you know, the, in just our modern age of technology is nothing compared to 
uh, you know, how long printing has been around, printing press has been around, you know, and that that was very disruptive when it first came out. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the the future of doing it. And I think that like, you know, if Apple were to come out with an AR glass, you know, whenever they whenever they come out with that glass, not even if it's just this year, whenever they come out with it, I think like I'd be, I'd get it gen one and, you know, and experiment and see what's like, because I think that Really, you know, VR is great, but like in this day and age, especially where everyone was so cooped up for like alone for so long, you know, I barely ever used my VR. Actually, I don't know if I ever told you this. I sold my VR headset completely. Yeah, my HTC Vive. Yeah, I sold it because I was just like, I don't want to go into a place where there's no one out. Like, and my friends don't own the PC VR stuff, so maybe I'll buy like a PlayStation VR when it comes out um, on there. But like, I, you know, I'm in this world where like I went to a year, you know, being isolated. I don't want to continue to be isolated and go into that world. I want to continue to be social. Like every moment I can, I want to be with people, or like, or at least if I want to be alone, I want to watch a movie and do that sort of thing. I can do it that way. But you know, I'm not really excited about the idea of putting on a VR headset and going into like a black hole versus like. Like, I would love to have AR. I think it, the, it it makes everything so much better, and yeah, and that's why it's augmented. It's on top yep. of reality, right? All right. So as as we wind as we wrap this up, let's say that Apple announces at WWDC here in a couple of weeks the headset. Oh. What is the killer app? What's the what's the oh. what's what do they emphasize the most? Because the the obvious stuff is going to be you can get your messages or you know yeah, you can get it's your text. Apple you can Watch your, features you can read your basically. text messages yeah it'll be a lot of the Apple Watch features you can see how far you've run uh, you know so, so what's, what's going to be the killer app that makes you go hmm. not just I want it because it's new and I want to support the yeah. new but sure. I want it because what you know it's hard because like I think to myself like I have an Apple Watch and if yep. it does what the Apple Watch is does it really do enough that's different however like I don't my my Apple Watch vibrates a lot. I don't really ever look at it, to be honest. Like, I occasionally, when it vibrates a lot, I'll be like, oh, someone's calling me, you know? But I could see that being really helpful. I probably would be more connected via messages. You know, and if it doesn't have a camera, too, now I'm thinking about, I'm like, there's no, like, you know, it's going to be primarily a screen on top of, of what you're doing rather than grabbing on to potentially the reality that you're in. And messages. I, I mean, suspect. Message, I suspect. I just. I just feel yeah, like app, yeah. knowing Apple and how privacy focused they are, I can't imagine their Gen One product is going to have a camera. That's true. It. The first iPhone had a camera, though, right? So like, and that was pretty yeah. breakthrough-ish, I guess. You had everyone had a camera in their pocket all the time. Um, you know, what's the breakthrough feature? You know, I think for me. It, dang, it's you take notifications out of it. That's like a huge thing for me. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you have you have one on the top of your your head though. Do you, uh, off top of your, you go first, and then let, let me see if I can figure <laughs> one out by by then. I honestly don't think they'll know, because so I, I think back to the watch oh, and the watch SDK. They you know they when they first brought out the watch, it was the everything device. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be everything. And then they got about a year in and went, oh, fitness. Like like yeah. it wasn't fitness right away. It was yeah. you know it didn't. And so I think. It's going to come out as the everything device. Yeah. And then at some point, they're going to hone in on what it is and and what it's for. And they'll start, uh, you know, tuning their commercials and stuff like that for that. You know, you're 100% right. You know, you, your answer, I think, is the best answer. Because the thing that, like, whatever, when it comes out, 
because the thing that Apple's incredible about is that they now have a platform, right? Like, like you said, they didn't think about fit. They, they're like, oh yeah, we'll do fitness, but like the, enabling the software developer kit will be huge. They have the biggest developer base in anything, right? Like I just recently watched Super Pumped. Like Apple can kill billion dollar companies because they have this platform that people will rely on. So I imagine too, what will happen is they'll come out with it and they're going to say like, oh yeah, and it's open, you know, our software using our normal software developer kit that you all know how to use you know, have fun. And I bet you someone's going to come out with an Uber for the glasses, right? Or the, um, you know, run keeper, like kind of like something that like fundamentally changes how we live. And it's because it's on a platform that is just now the interface is through that glass that, that you can see. But, you know, I think if I can take the caveat that they do do camera, I do think that they knew need a camera for it to become truly revolutionary and to really layer on top of it and not just be a second screen. Um, and in that case, I think the future would probably be the ability to bring in um, uh, renderings of people like Memojis, full renderings of people and have video calls with them um, like that way. I think that will be the first feature that will be really, really huge that because they obviously know how to put a, a three dimensional object in a space and, you know, have it stand on the ground versus being floating in the air. And, you know, I think that will be one of the first things to building this like larger communication um, ability that doesn't require you to be seen on camera all the time, um, but then connects you further with people. I think that's going to be the first feature. And then, you know, as much as I think it's crazy from a facial recognition, I, I would love the idea of like, remembering who people are or, or you know even if it was just your contacts it did facial recognition with your contacts that'd be cool too well and i while while we we're talking i kind of went back into the well of you know the apple rumors around this thing and it reminded me of a couple things so one Ooh. the rumor is still that the first product is going to be a vr product so it's going to be right. a vr product instead of an ar product and we can cheat on the cameras because the cameras that they're using on the vr product are for motion tracking so it mm -hmm. won't be, I'm going to take a picture of you kind of cameras. Yeah. It'll be, I want to, you know, it's going to know where my fingers are, spatial recognition, all of that kind of stuff. And so they'll be able to, you know, use that camera. So it might have cameras. It might just not be a camera that you're mm -hmm. using to take pictures of things. So then when you start to translate back to when the AR glasses come along, it'll probably be something similar where there are cameras built into it, but you can't take a picture with it. Mm, yeah. That might be the line. So that yeah. might be the line of, of it never saves that data. It's only used for motion tracking. It's yes. not on any server anywhere. So you can't like re-engineer what the person saw for the last hour. It's, yes. it's only used for tracking. So I, I think that would be how Apple could cut a fine line with that mm. stuff. And so use the cameras for motion control, motion capture, that kind of stuff, but not I want to take a picture of you kind of yeah. stuff. And then that way you can enable things like, yeah, like hand tracking to build a virtual keyboard and you can, um, you know, do things like uh, place objects in spaces and things like that as well. But yeah, not freak out about there being a camera on everything. And, you know, and, and honestly, I think like as much as it's cool to do the first person perspective, I thought about the idea, like imagine you could like create an event app that like captured everybody's perspective and then you could generate like a like a recap of the event from everybody's perspective right that'd be like super cool probably potentially privacy invading but like you know at some point too like you know how how do people want to really take pictures from their fit what they saw whereas like the framing from a camera like is that going to die with that too so that's one of the things i'm thinking about like it's really nice to frame the camera to get the camera in different angles and you know things like that so 
you know, oh yeah, so that, you, you made me think of one up. more. I'll throw it because, yeah. because, yeah, and this yeah. is this is dreaming big, right? This is Ooh, just dreaming big, because you you mentioned okay, what happens if we could consolidate somehow? All right, you think about photogrammetry, right? Where you just take a bunch of pictures oh, of yeah. an object or something like that, and a server is able to piece it together and turn it into a three D drawing or a three yeah. D rendering. All right, so now if you've got a bunch of people walking around an event space, you could literally recreate that event space just from them walking around in it because it's a thousand little individual pictures, yeah. and so you could almost create the virtual event from scratch um, yeah. as people move through the through the event that could be actually kind of fun to see the environment build from nothing you know into a 3d environment as people move around and interact in the physical world it creates the digital world how's that and I'll add on top of that too this is what happens when you get brand world big technology ideas we just go down the rabbit hole. Um, imagine that, like, yeah, as a, not only that, a simple way would be dropping in as an attendee. So imagine, like, you're attending the conference. You say, yep, allow my camera to get accessed. And what it does is it layers in the official audio stream that comes from the audio board. And, you know, it also, you know, gets maybe some screen, you know, the cameras go around. But imagine, like, you're like, I want to sit as the person in the front row and experience the whole entire event through them. Like, that would be pretty cool, too, like, to almost come in through the live stream of another person, but with the high fidelity audio and better quality um, that's coming on in. But whew. we didn't even touch the other forms of augmented reality. So we'll, we might have to, you know, that, yeah. because we get so locked in on the visual mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that, that it's easy to forget that there's other forms of augmented reality, such as layering oh. over audio. So instantaneous trans, uh, translation in a, in a way is a form of augmented reality. If you're yeah. able to still hear the, you know, what's going on in the room, you can layer that over. So you can do audio augmented reality. Mm -hmm. There's, there's people experimenting. This was, this has been in my presentation deck for almost a decade. There's people experimenting with, uh, phys, uh, like feeling like, like sense, mm -hmm. yeah. sensation augmented reality. So you can mm -hmm. feel virtual buttons, uh, and knobs and things like that on a control surface. So there's anytime you're layering something over reality it's augmented reality it doesn't just have to be visual and, and i think we did a episode or at least highlighted at some point or we just talk about it so much we thought we probably talked about it on podcasts, <laughs> is that i got those bose glasses that had like the yep. bone conducting you've been doing the shocks um glass uh, uh headphones before too and you know i think like the ability to do audio i think is also something huge because like that's the thing with the apple watch right now it's like AirPods are almost that way with transparency mode is you constantly have them in but like sometimes I want to leave my AirPods in just because it's so handy to be read my notifications but like it's also sometimes really annoying because even though transparency mode is so good I still sometimes don't want to have it in my ears all the time because so. it looks like you've got a toothbrush head <laughs> sticking true. out it's, of your sticking it's out very of true. Your, just Apple please just come out with black AirPods I get it branding <laughs> it's branding I understand I get it but you've had that locked in those white headphones locked in for pushing 15 years ever since the first iPods came out which I think that was just 15 years I think or yeah, was it so. 20 they just they just canceled the iPod but that's yeah. when they came out with the white headphones when everybody else had black we get it it's branding <laughs> now may I please have black headphones Apple's like spend the money and go to Colorware a company that we secretly own 100% for all the right. people <laughs> and probably, probably <laughs> on there too like if anyone hasn't heard of Colorware by the way it's a place where you can go get like custom painted like uh, uh, electronics that you want. So. Yeah, I'm going to get the solid gold uh, <laughs> AirPods. So I can just do that. Oh All my right. gosh. <laughs> so incredible. On that note, I think we beat this one with a de a a, <laughs> an augmented horse. <laughs> right, with, with, with a virtual horse. It's an exciting time. I, you know, and like I said, every now and then it's fun to take a step back and realize we're living in the future 
and mm-hmm. you know how each time one of these you know Google Glass came out that moved the ball forward. Yes. And then it kind of, and then we kind of forgot about it, and you know now, you know something else will move the ball forward, and maybe you know maybe Google will actually release these live translation glasses. You know that'll be cool if they do, and you know maybe Apple is you know less than five years away from their AR, and that'll be cool if they do that too. So you know I can't wait to see where this technology goes over the course of the next five to ten years. Definitely, definitely. And I'm I'm really, really excited for it, too. And, you know, I think I think it's like, you know, we joked about the beginning of the like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like we're almost there. Like, you know, can you just we're getting off the exit. We're almost to Disneyland. You know, like we're almost there. Um, And I think we're going to see some exciting things. Now, the biggest question is probably one of the which become a saying event tech pause is when the technology comes out, though, it'll be up to event professionals to implement it and don't become the event professional who waits 10 years to implement it. You know, that's why you're listening to this podcast is hopefully you'll implement it right away and we can see this make some big changes in the events industry from sustainability, interaction, hybrid virtual integration standpoint, uh, globalization standpoint, all the ideas that we have, we hopefully can start implementing those right away. Boom. Boosh. Well, uh, we'd love to hear from what you think. If there was one idea that you didn't hear from us, um, as far as what you think AR could be used for at the events industry, shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we read every single one of your emails. Um, and yeah, and Brant, thank you so much for, for hanging out and talking about AR for, for an hour or so. so. Of course. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. And leave us a review on Spotify um, is the new one. that Leave us a five-star on there. We'd lo- really appreciate it. Or on the iTunes store. We'd love to hear from you on there by leaving us a review. That does a ton to help us out. Um, but we'll catch you next time. On the Event Arc Podcast. Augmented. Out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.